breaker. Raises up Casey. What goes up goes down. Breaker retains. Here is your winner and still the NXT champion, Ron Breaker. We talk about. WWE's gonna send us to hell. NXT puts us in a cell. That's right. Ted, er, yesterday it was NXT in your house. NXT 2.0 in your house. 2.0. This is NXT talk. A thousand point oh. I don't even know at this point. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. We're your host as always. I am Boris, and as always, I am joined by the one, the only, the loser. In MLB the show, the Matt. <laughs> How are you gonna open with that? Bonjour. Good intro, buddy. I think we nailed it. Yeah, yeah. So we're a little late recording. Well, like twenty minutes late from our scheduled time because I was wrapped up in an MLB the show twenty two game that I lost. Boris, loser. Parting that up. Loser. <laughs> anyway, uh, we uh, we have a a little bit of a premium live event here to talk about. It wasn't it wasn't quite premium. There were two matches worth paying for. Okay. I think on this card. Here's the thing. I don't know whether it's because I am on quote unquote vacation. I don't know whether it be the alcohol. I don't know if it's because I am uh, well rested. But the show wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, you know what? Uh, I think most of the matches over-delivered. There was one match on the show that I thought was bad, but the rest of it was pretty good, and two matches were great. So it was overall a solid show. Confusing stories, confusing booking in some spots but at the end of the day i did like the in-ring product i think there are some you know positives to take from this show for sure it wasn't as bad as i was expecting that is a good way to put it yeah and that's the thing like you know kudos to the performers you know we we've been talking about this a lot on nxt right like i feel horrible for them they are given such raw material and they're doing the best they can for the most part these are green people who are still learning the ropes quite literally and you know, sometimes being thrown on the USA Network on a national TV show might be a little nerve-wracking. Add that with the horrible stories, as I said earlier, and quick matches where, you know, how how can you put on a compelling match in three minutes on TV, right? So the fact that we had six matches all given good amount of time, I was surprised. So kudos to all the performers and kudos to the people behind the scenes at NXT 2.0 for honestly, I'm not going to say captivating me for the full show, but at least, you know, I, I, I was sports entertained enough. Yeah, I was sports entertained, man. And like, quite frankly, two and a half hours, not zero commercials but a low amount of commercials like and if you're watching it on the wwe network in canada or the prime premium package of peacock you get like wwe video packages instead of commercials right but anyway a low amount of commercials under three hours this is way better than an average raw right like significantly better than your average episode of wwe raw or even smackdown so i do think pay-per-views in wwe deliver i'm excited for hell in a cell tonight and this one delivered it did yep, yep. it stood and delivered some would say Fuck out Back out in my house, Boris. It, it stood and delivered in my house. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, this was a fun show for me. Like, you know, again, I think it was just the fact that I watched this with my brother, right? Like, it's been oh, cool. so long since we, we, we've we sat down and watched a pay-per-view or a premium live event, whatever you want to call them, pay-per-views. I'm going to be like the way the fact that like how I call the Skydome, the Skydome still. This will always be pay-per-views to me. So get used to it. Um, I think it was the fact that I sat down with my brother, you know, watch this. And it's kind of like that whole nostalgia kick. So I had fun watching this, uh, watching this show uh, and the grand scheme of stuff. But obviously, you know, there are some some things we're going to talk about. Uh, some performers who, you know, I think 
stood up and really showed us where they're at with uh, their development. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple matches that I really want to talk about and that I thought were just, uh, you know, not bangers per se, maybe one banger and maybe one like, you know, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knocking on the door of greatness. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you full match ratings and a breakdown of everything that happened on this show. Boris, did you check out the pre-show at all? I didn't. I didn't. I just skipped right into the show, to be 100% honest. So, Matt, did anything of note happen on the pre-show? I guess I, I would say there were. Hey, did you watch it? I did. I did, Boris, yes. There were three promos of note. It was hosted by your girl, the hardest working reporter in all of WWE, Mackenzie Mitchell, and Sam Roberts, who I think we both uh, have no time for. So Sam was doing his Sam thing. He's all right. He's very much Sam Roberts. But yeah, three promos on this pre-show that I thought were worth highlighting. The first, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams do a little backstage inset thing, a little split screen with the hosts. I thought it was excellent. They put over Cameron Grimes pretty huge as a talent as a passionate fighter but it doesn't matter who is up against Carmelo Hayes because he is the A champion and he's going to go get his belt back and both guys did excellent I thought that was the best thing on the pre on the uh, pre-show by a wide margin bars very cool very cool yeah that's something that I was going to note actually and we'll talk about later was the how even Wade Barrett was really putting Cameron Grimes over as a performer. And it was something to note, right? Like, it's something that I noticed throughout the entire match. But we'll talk about that later. All right. Before we get into the main show, there's one last piece of business we have to take care of. That is a rating system du jour. What are you thinking, Matt? Uh, well, we should do something house-related. Even something as silly as, like, eaves troughs or sidewalks or so driveways or something. Here's what I'm thinking. Hear me out. Hear me out on this one, bro. Uh, it's NXT 2.0. It's in your house. Not the best. You know, it's not takeover quality. So we're going to call them fixer uppers. It's a fixer upper. I like it, Boris. I like where your head's at. Clearly watching a lot of reno reality shows. I no, know you're watching a lot of television. home improvement. Um, uh, before we do go on though i want to touch on the other two promos in the pre-show you just blew past my pre-show report bar so there was there was a (laughs) there was a diamond mine little thing where roderick strong was he was training backstage ivy nile goes up to him and she's basically like hey roderick you weren't serious about the whole thing right the whole like kicking people out thing and he was like no no i'm dead serious if the creed brothers don't win they're out that's how it's going down. What I say, I mean. And then the Creed Brothers came in. They uh, had a little retort. And Julius slapped Roderick on the chest really hard and said, we'll see you later, boss. With a little bit of tension there. But then Damon Kemp, to uh, squash the beef, put Roderick Strong in a little bit of a headlock. I gave him a little uh, pat on the back and said, they're ready. So that was pretty, uh, a little bit of character development for Diamond Mine. Also, Edris and Ofe and Malik Blade came out in front of the live crowd. Crowd loved Malik Blade. They were chanting sweater vest and so, like sweater related chants the whole time. Edris and Ofe, super extra, super uh, energetic, really uh, doing the majority of the talking. Malik Blade is the quiet guy wearing the sweater vest. This was okay, too. Oh, I can come back? <laughs> I'm ready, Boris. That All right. All right, so that's pretty cool. I, I like that um, the the crowd was pretty hot throughout the entire show. Yeah, definitely so, man. Uh, the the NXT crowd has been showing up for these shows lately, and it's appreciated as a, a viewer from yeah. home in exactly. my house. In yeah, in the house. All right, so the intro uh, was very WWF in your house themed, which is kind of ironic considering um, no Todd Pattingale. That was of note outside of the intro. Uh, Joe Gacy acting all creepy with his two druids, holding sledgehammers for some reason, takes a zippo lighter, lights the In Your House logo on fire. This sends us straight into the first match, which was my boys, Legado del Fantasma, making their entrance. The crowd absolutely loved them. For the final time, Boris, question mark, is this the end? My only friend, the end of Legado del Fantasma, or have we seen the final match for the trio? As a, as a trio, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, because I have a feeling something's going to end up happening where Escobar gets the boot. Oh, no. So, yeah, this match was interesting. It was actually, I thought it was a pretty solid 
little trios match, all things considered. They, they, uh, you know, it was pretty clearly choreographed as some of these matches are. You could tell it's very new performers, but they put together a good match, pretty entertaining. I liked the finish, except for the actual last four or five seconds of this match, which yeah. we will get into. But what do you think about this one, man? I I really like this match. Uh, like I yeah. like I was telling my brother, you just like Legado kicked and screamed D'Angelo two dimes and stacks into a half decent match. Uh, the crowd was firmly behind Legado. I loved that. Um, you know, and again, here here's the thing. I have to say it just because it was brought up while I was watching the show. My brother turns to me and says, "Who are the faces?" That's a really good question. I think officially this was heel versus heel. If you'd had to say one, maybe it was Legato, but this yep. is this is a heel program. Not that it matters in the grand scheme of stuff, but when you know when there's odds and everything, it's just kind of weird that it's two heels. Um, you know, this isn't SummerSlam '92, Martel and HBK, right? Like, yeah, man, it's you. It, it's gotten a lot of TV time for this heel versus heel program. Like over the space of the last few months, they've been focusing on it and carving out a lot of the NXT 2.0 program to tell us this story, which has really kind of been confusing and weird and uh, unsatisfying. Like, for example, why would the loser ever want to work with the winner? Why would they ever agree to do anything? Why would they not just instantly turn on them and screw with them at, at every twist and turn? I think that's what we're going to end up seeing. I think that's the outcome, right? Because I think that ultimately the losers are going to be the errand boys of the winners and they're going to end up screwing with them. I guess so. I think that's probably how it plays out. But yeah, yeah. just a, a silly story, but it, they did put together a good little opening yep. match. And I agree with you. The last couple seconds of this match was a little, hmm. The other question I have for you is, do you know which one is two dimes and which one is stacks yet? Yes, I think I had it wrong. I think two dimes is the one with the chin strap. That's it. That's him. Yes. Yep. Right. You're yeah. Correct. And then yeah, and Stax is the one who looks bald because he wears the hat, but he actually is not bald. He he also has hair. Yep. That's exactly it. All right. So the match was like Alvaro Fantasma, Santos, Escobar, Joaquin Wild, and Cruz del Toro versus Tony D'Angelo, Troy, two dimes, Donovan. And Channing Stacks Lorenzo. Channing Stacks Lorenzo. Yes, the losing team must join the winning team's familia slash familia, Boris. And yeah, like we said, pretty solid match. Uh, a modern style trios match. They tried to pack a lot of action into this and they succeeded. Yep. One of the things of note was just, you know, kudos to Escobar and even Tony D'Angelo. You know, they were telling their own story throughout the entire match, right? Like, they just wanted a piece of each other, ignoring what's going on in the ring, wanting each other. You know that these guys don't like each other. Commentary was, you know, I'm going to make this note right now. Commentary was an A-plus throughout the entire show. Hmm. I would actually disagree with that. There were a couple things, which is more uh, WWE production's fault than NXT's fault. But uh, specifically in the North American title match, let's circle back to this. I yes. want to give them an A plus. I want to give them an A plus. But they did. They, it was it was fine overall. But just WWE, the WWE production and style and the way they call certain moves. We'll talk about. We'll cross that bridge when we come to yeah, it. Yeah, but I think that they did a great job of telling the stories, helping uh, sure. move stories forward. Uh, so yeah, so this is like you said, this was a typical trios match. Tons going on. At one point, Escobar hits D'Angelo with her Karana. Uh, and he hits him with a Gamangiri. Uh, we see Escobar hit D'Angelo with a top rope axe handle. Wild and Mendoza uh, took down stacks two times with dives. Escobar took down D'Angelo with the arrow uh, from the depths. Um, that's what they call that move. Um, yeah, at one point, Dimes hit Del Toro with a forearm. Del Toro came back with a slingshot drop kick. Dimes avoids a Phoenix splash. Stacks and two times hit Del Toro with stereo punches. Um, Wild and Mendoza hit the other goon with the leg sweep finisher, uh, but we get a very close two pin. Um, another thing to note that I really enjoyed was the fact that the referee kind of cleared the ring of any crowbars and stuff before the match started. So both teams are trying to recover. We get a awesome little six-man brawl that the crowd just went 
just crazy for D'Angelo and Escobar took each other out with stereo lariats. Electra Lopez hands Escobar brass knuckles. Lorenzo handed D'Angelo a crowbar. Wilde stole the crowbar, knocks out Stacks. D'Angelo stole the knuckles, knocks out Wilde. Stacks falls on Wilde for the pin at 12 minutes, 45 seconds. So Stacks two dimes and Tony D'Angelo defeat Legado de Fantasma, Del Fantasma and that's that. Yeah, so uh, to circle back to this finish here, so my God, Stax gets hit with this with this pipe with this. Uh, I, I believe it was actually a, a crowbar, but anyway, he got he got hit with this it's thing, and Stax is knocked out, standing up in the corner. And then when Wild gets hit and he gets knocked out, Stax is still unconscious in the corner. So Stax's partner, two dimes, Boris, pushes Stax over. And on paper, I like the idea for this finish. Like, unconscious dude just planks on to uh, young Joaquin Wild, and that's that. But in reality, he he didn't really look... He didn't really watch what he was doing. He actually pretended he was unconscious and just flopped and in the process landed directly on Joaquin Wilde's face. And that's like that's like a very you could tell that's like a new wrestler, a green wrestler. Like you gotta protect your opponent a little better than that. Like he just planked directly onto this man's face. That could have been really bad. Yep, yep, I agree with that. Um yeah, exactly. But again, it just speaks to the greenness of these guys, right? I also think that, like, just the positioning of the pin could have been better, uh, especially for, like, a TV thing, right? Like, I feel like for the presentation of it all, uh, they really should have uh, cleaned that up. But, you know, I think we're nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking at this point. Yeah, overall, I did enjoy that match. I just, yeah, that that struck struck out like that. Uh, that was a pretty dangerous little finish there, which should not have been. But other than that, good match overall. I'm going to go three fixer-uppers out of five, Boris. It is a 60% Tim the Tool Man Taylor percentage. Love it. Alba Fire began air. She talked about how her heritage uh, was from the legendary warrior women in Scotland. She talked about invoking the spirits of her ancestors. She acknowledged not having too much success in WWE so far, but now she's becoming the firekeeper. Uh, and then she said, where there's, fi- uh, where there's smoke, there's fire with a Y. Yes, with a Y. It's hard to feel, not to feel, like the entire NXT UK run, the entire amazing title run she had wasn't a complete waste. You know what I mean? Like a complete and total waste. They're actually telling the story that she struggled so far in WWE. What? I know the story is she struggled since she came over to 2.0, but make that more clear. Not that she struggled since she came to WWE. Are you crazy? This is a record-setting women's champion, right? Like, I don't know. They should pay more attention to what they've done in UK, but they should do a lot of things, Boris. At the same time, I'm okay with them not acknowledging UK because that means that UK doesn't exist to them, which means UK (laughs) can be left alone. That's a really good point. UK can be safe and sound in the corner over there, hopefully, yes. So we get a bunch of developmental women watching the vignette with Lash Legend, uh, Tatum Paxley, and Lash Legend have a, as they say in the wrestling business, war of words. Yes, we also saw Sloane Jacobs and Erica Yan, among others, back there. So cool to see some uh, people who hopefully be getting some more television time on 2.0. Yep. Uh, we see Braun Breaker. He's shown entering the Performance Center. Uh, we get Caden Carter and Katana Chance to get their full-on raver entrance. Toxic Attraction were shown in the garage coming out of a car driven by Mandy Rose. Good timing. Good timing on showing up to work, ladies. <laughs> Toxic Attraction make their entrance. Vic Joseph brought up the possibility of Toxic Attraction all losing their titles on this show. Um, Alicia Taylor, who they don't even put on camera anymore. I, that just That's just ridiculous how they do these entrances now. She handles the quote-unquote formal ring entrances for the championship matches. Uh, Toxic Attraction jump the baby faces before the bell and this leads us into the second match of the night which was for the nxt women's tag team championship toxic attraction Gigi dolan and jc jane versus katana chance katana chance yes one more time katana chance and kaden carter 
Yes. So uh, I was pretty shocked at the winner here. I think the wrong team won. It was time to change the titles. They did not pull the trigger. Um, I thought this match was way, way, way better than it was. It had any right to be like this was the best performance. This is the best performance. Uh, yeah, that I can remember Gigi specifically having. Gigi looked confident. She looked like she wanted to be there, maybe for the first time, honestly, since she's joined Toxic Attraction. She looked like she wanted to be on screen, in my opinion. Like, And, and JC Jane had a good night, too. Caden Carter and Katana Chance are both really, really good. I think it stood out to me in this match that Caden Carter is a, a solid wrestler, easily the best wrestler in this match. Katana Chance is the most spectacular high flyer and she could become a brilliant wrestler, but she's still all flips right now. That's all she is, is flips. Caden Carter's a really good wrestler and was the best wrestler in this match. I thought this match was good. Yeah, this match, exactly. You said it best, man. I, there's nothing else I can add to this because my sentiments are exactly in line with yours. So at one point, Caden Carter manages to catch Jane with a diamond cutter on the apron, which looked pretty nice nasty, spot. but good at the yeah. same time. It looks safe, right? Like, like, there's times when moves on the apron, and there's a, there was another one in the North American title match where yes. you can sell the devastation of being hit on the hardest part of the ring without fucking breaking your neck on the hardest part of the ring. Exactly, and this was, yeah, it's it's supposed to be fake, guys. Like, you're not supposed to actually, like, hurt each other for real, and this was a very nice wrestling move, the uh, RKO, Arcaden O on the apron. Yeah, don't drop that and don't ever say that again. <laughs> Dolan and Chance traded for I'm joking. Dolan and Chance, I'm still pissed off at the, that you lost at MLB, so I'm gonna be <laughs> poking you here. Hey, and you're there. mad. <laughs> Dolan and Chance traded forms and cho- chops. Chance hit Dolan with a kick combo and did a moonsault off Dolan's back onto the back for a two count. Looked a little rough. Loved the idea of this move. Yeah. Execution a little rough. Uh, I did like, however, that Vic Joseph does point out that she didn't catch the whole move. Chance and Carter hit their 450 finisher on Dolan. Jane dragged Chance and Carter to ringside to prevent the pin. Carter knocked down Jane. Carter rolled up Dolan for a two count. Jane punches Carter from ringside as she hits the ropes. Then Dolan hits Carter with a German suplex with a beautiful looking bridge. That's something that Gigi Dolan's always done well, but this one just looked really good. They get the win. Toxic Attraction win in nine minutes and one second to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. So, yeah, I would like to, uh, minor correction, perhaps I'm wrong, but by my eyes, it looked like a half Nelson suplex that Gigi Dolan uh, spiked Kanan on her head for. That was a, it was a good bump there for sure. But I, I do think the ref kind of fucked up because I don't think Kanan's shoulder was ever on the mat. I think the shoulder was up here, Boris, and they could actually work that into the storyline and they should work that into the storyline. Blown call here by the official. But uh, as we have said before, it is fake and this was a good showing by the ladies. I thought by far the best Gigi Dolan has looked in NXT by a wide, wide margin. Kanan Carter looked great. Katana Chance looked great. And JC Chain looked pretty good too. So at least three fixer-uppers out of five above average match Good job by the NXT women's division here. Yep. Kit Wilson and Elton Prince, pretty deadly. We're acting, well, I guess goofy is one way to put it. Awesome Quite. is how I would put it. Um, <laughs> I love these two, dude. I've been, you know, I've been singing their praise since we started watching NXT UK regularly. Seeing these Absolutely. guys stateside being the same characters, essentially being the new Edge and Christian. Just, I'm digging this so much um they'd sing about how they're gonna beat the creeds and how they don't like the creeds and they're better than the creeds uh, and then the camera cuts to the creed brothers sparring with each other as brothers do it's a little bit of edge and christian little bit of uh you know the fashion police little model rick martell it's like more serious than the fashion police but still very willing to be goofy and they're tall young good-looking guys like edge and christian but yeah i I really like pretty deadly a lot a perfect wwe tag team they could be 10-time wwe tag team champions feuding with the usos for generations uh perfect perfect opponents for the new day Yep, exactly. I think that would be great. All right, so North American Championship time. Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams. 
match of the show, Boris. By far, I would say. This safely. match. Maybe not by far, but like safely match of the show. Safely match of the show. Here's the thing about this match. It wasn't a spot fest. It told a no. fantastic story. It was a relatively technical match. And Carmelo Hayes' seriousness really stood out to me because this is a guy who, tip, you know, he, he, he kind of goo, he's kind of goofy, right? But throughout the entire he match, he could be a little, he could be a little bombastic, he can be a little comedic. But yeah, this was this was a a hard fought, like you said, somewhat scientific battle. But they're both such incredible athletes that you did still get awesome high spots. Yep, exactly, and that's 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 the thing. I, I really like that mix, right? Like, it just goes to show you that you don't have to be a spot fest to be a good match. You don't have to have a thousand close pins to be a good match. You can still tell a good story. You can still be scientific. You can still do your razzle-dazzle, and, and, and it be a good match, and this is a perfect example of that. Honestly, Cameron, Cameron Grimes, Carmelo Hayes, just awesome match. Tore the house down. Tore yep. the house down. We'll be lucky if there's a better match than this on Hell in a Cell, honestly. Uh, and it's debatable. I'm thinking about it. This match may have been better than the fabulous match on NXT UK last week, which we will talk about on NXT Talk next time we do that podcast. But yeah, man, so lots of good matches happening in NXT, especially NXT UK. But the, these guys really, really delivered. Uh yep. A parallel, a parallel that I would draw just to what you were just talking about. Like if it's a pure spot fest, it can be like thrilling you know and exciting but this match that we just saw was better than for example dante martin versus ray phoenix right where they were doing all those incredible moves and all those incredible incredible flips and spots and dives would you not say that this match was much better than that i agree with you 100 percent, dude i'm gonna go out on a limb might catch heat because apparently boris hates AEW. this match is <laughs> better than the bucks phoenix and penta phoenix and penta oh. from friday Oh, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, that's that is bold because people are loving that match. But yeah, this this was a great, a great wrestling match. Just just under fifteen minutes by my timer. Tons of great action. You see it. a second rope, uh, Spanish fly, which was so well executed. Yeah, I don't think people realize even... how hard this must have been to pull off when someone's already on the second rope. Cameron Grimes jumps on the second rope. They balance each other well enough to do a Spanish fly. Um, you know, there's a bunch of back and forth. We get a PK from the apron, which was essentially a DDT. And this is the second apron uh, spot that I wanted to bring up because, again, yes, looked safe. Just because you're on the quote-unquote hardest part of the ring doesn't mean you have to break your neck a la uh, Will Ospreay. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, that Spanish fly that you mentioned. So they weren't even on the turnbuckle. They were on the middle part middle of rope, the rope. In the middle of the rope. Yeah, exactly. In the middle of the middle rope facing the hard camera. And it was it was like a, a reverse Spanish fly set up as though it was going to be a Russian, a Russian leg, sweep. leg sweep. Exactly. But they did a front flip. They both did a double moonsault out of a Russian leg sweep position balancing on the middle rope. It was basically like a like a lion salt kind of situation. It was insane. Crazy move. Also, Boris, this apron bump. This is why... I, I just and it's more WWE than it is Vic Joseph, but this is why I can't say it was a plus commentary because God WWE commentary bugs me so much. Cameron Grimes gets spiked on the top of his head with a DDT. It looks grotesque. It looks like Cameron Grimes is dead. And Vic Joseph goes, Oh, stuck the landing on that one. And it's yeah. just like Jim Ross would have spontaneously combusted in his chair. Back God, he's broken in half, Boris. It would have been insane, but this was this was just like yeah. it was just like oh ho hum body slam. You know what I mean? It's just like ah WWE. Like why not let your announcers be passionate and call the insane action happening in front of you? But I, I, we can't hold that on on Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett. Mm -mm. And I don't. But it's like minus one for WWE commentary, not WWE right, so commentators. A commentary, not a plus. <laughs> I'll take it. I will take that. All this right. match, great. All right, Mello hits Grimes with a code breaker for a two count. Grimes dodges a scissors kick, blocks a code breaker. Grimes then hits Mello with a Spanish fly power slam for a two count. Mello used a pump kick. 
to block a cave-in, which of note, I love the fact that, you know, there were times when Mello just got out of a cave-in and like just the face he made was just awesome storytelling and was well. Grimes hit Mello with a poisoned Rana, Grimes hit Trick and Mello with a flip dive. Grimes and hit Trick William with a cave-in on the apron, which again looks very safe. Mello backdrops Grimes on the top turnbuckle and then he hits Grimes with his top rope scissors kick for the win in 15 minutes, 30 seconds to become the new NXT North American champion. Yeah, I actually had it at 14 minutes 55, but yeah, anyway, that's it's totally fine. Just right around that 15 minute mark. Fabulous, fabulous wrestling match. Uh, always a tough bump to just take a straight flat back, but like you said, very safe with the uh, the uh, old cave-in on the apron that Trick Williams took. That was that was like looked good, but like you said, safe. And man, just a fabulous wrestling match. No shorter, no less than four and a quarter fixer uppers. Eighty-five percent solid A, but not an A plus for us. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All right. Uh, Show cuts to Wendy Chu having a dream. Uh, She has the dream sequence of all the times she trolled Toxic Attraction. Uh, She she somehow looked into her dream. Now, in her dream, she won the belt. Chu wakes up at the top of the stage. Um, We get her, her entrance. Uh, Mandy Rose makes her entrance by herself. Again, she's been champion for 220 days. Uh, we get the formal in-ring intros, and this leads us into the NXT Women's Championship match. Mandy Rose, Wendy Chu. Matt, what did you think? Didn't like it. I thought this match was bad. God bless Wendy Chu, but it just it just didn't quite click there was a moment where Wendy Chu tried to pull the straps down Jerry Lawler style and like get out of her windbreaker onesie, but she couldn't get her sleeve off. It was just one of those nights. It was just, you know it what? just felt no, like no, no, a, no. I'm going like to stop you right night. there. I think you hate Wendy Chu so much. This match is similar to the other Toxic Traction match where this match had zero reason to be half decent. But you thought it was good. You actually I thought it delivered. I think it was good. I thought it was half decent. <laughs> Big difference, <laughs> okay, my friend. Enough. I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty bad. I do again, like let's be clear. I don't dislike Wendy Chu, no, the you performer. Do. You do. I think she's no, I don't. No, I you think do. she's I think no, that's wrong. And you I will not you be have trolled. Never <laughs> given her any credit. You always say she's good, but any match she's in, you crap on the match. Well, because the character sucks and it dominates the match. That's the way it is, man. Like it's it's just like if you don't if you think Orange Cassidy's matches are terrible, you're gonna like if you think the gimmick is terrible and it's so strong in the matches, you're gonna hate every you see, one of his I matches. I hate Orange Cassidy the character, but I am unbiased enough to say it's not hey, bias. This match was half decent. It's but this match was not. It was bad. It I'm was not bad. It was when good, Wendy Chu but it's not has as bad as one. you're saying it is. When she has a good one, buddy, I'll tell you. Like, no, I'll let know. you know. I'm going to remember I, this. I'm going to remember this because you have fair. never talked anything positive about any Wendy Chu match. Not not the matches. I You can tell she's good in the matches, but, like, this wasn't a good match. Like, you can tell that she is talented, but it just didn't click. It just didn't come together, my I opinion. Don't know. I'm going to 100% disagree with you on this one. Oh well, we can't we can't agree on all of them, buddy. That's fine. But yeah, yep. so uh, Rose, I, I, the, we, do you want to talk about the finish, or do you want to talk, talk about yeah, some, uh, some what finish, you This match was re- relatively basic, right? Like you said earlier, this match was one of those matches that seemed extremely choreographed in the sense that they really laid out the plan for the match. So Chu puts Rose and a body scissors into a rear naked choke uh, with the nap pose, kind of. Camera kind of screwed up, really showing that. Uh, Rose rolls to the bottom rope for the rope break. Chu caught Rose with a full Nelson slam. Rose recovered and pulled Chu off the top rope. Rose then catches Chu with a running knee uh, V-trigger for the finish. And Mandy Rose defeats Wendy Chu via pinfall in eight round, 11 minutes. Yeah, so I don't know if I missed it before, but I think they called the finish Kiss by a Rose. Or yeah. maybe that was just that was just Wade or Vic being being cute, but I think that's the finish now. That's what the V trigger is called. The kissed yep. by a rose. Shout out Seal. I love it. So yeah, I, I I thought this was okay. Like like you said, they worked hard. They did. I didn't think this was terrible. There's way worse on 2.0. But was it a good wrestling match? See, you're no. already backtracking. Below you're already average. backtracking. I'm not backtracking. You're this back is exactly what that, I thought. You... Oh my this god. This is exactly what I thought all along. It's my classic. <laughs> 
good effort, bad wrestling match rating. I say it like almost every week. This was there are there are terrible matches on 2.0. This wasn't terrible. Was it below average? Yes, two out of five. Slight uh-huh. fail. It wasn't. It was not a good wrestling match, in my opinion. That's you know. That's why we're here. We just uh, give our takes. Well, unlike you know what's not backtracking. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviewing Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne Perez about Tuesday's breakout tournament finals. Both women trash talk each other. Perez talks about how Stratton was given all of her opportunities while Perez fought for hers. Stratton yells at Mackenzie, walks off, and that was that. Stratton was screaming in this promo. You have a microphone. You don't need to yell. And I realized that I've yelled a couple times, but that's for effect. She was yelling the like like that just then. Uh, she was yelling the entirety of this promo. It was distracting. But good job. Good job overall. Good job by Roxanne. I actually am kind of excited for this match on Tuesday. And, and I think, you know, it's funny that you say because I noticed that too. I think one of the classes at the Performance Center needs to be Microphone Handling 101. Yes, microphone technique, man. Absolutely. At least, at least, like, yeah, man. Yeah, you, yes, we have. The first couple live promos, these people are so amped up that they're screaming, and you don't need to do that. Like, yeah, microphone technique, even just a day. Yep. All right. We get a video showing the timeline of the Creed Brothers' life. Made me feel old considering that they were born in 94 and 96. Uh, we see the timeline from childhood to college to WWE. Uh, Julius and Brutus making their entrances. The Creeds wore yellow singlets that were killing my eyes. Uh, their parents were front row. Pretty deadly get their old slow motion John Morrison entrance. Uh, Wade Barrett made, did say that uh, you know these guys were two pieces of hot British beef. <laughs> quite the line yeah so a very good wrestling match here quite enjoyed it like you said the highlighter singlets were not a highlight for uh pretty dead or sorry for the diamond mine but yeah it was cool the diamond mines parents uh the creed mama and creed papa live in the front row actually it's at one point uh daddy was given julius coaching tips mid-match yep. which i thought was pretty clever Yep, exactly. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the like the thousand and one times that Stu was in the crowd yeah. for a Brett match. <laughs> Great call. Yeah, it definitely had that vibe. Yeah, and, and I mean in the most respectful way. Like I, I always loved it. It added something to it, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, and it made it feel like a big moment. Although it did kind of telegraph the finish a little bit, but that's fine. It, it was time. Did, it did, but it was one of those, you know. <sighs> It's, it yeah, that's up, pro wrestling. It built up to it, right? Like, and I like yeah, exactly. that. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly, exactly. You knew it was coming, but that's okay. Like, sometimes you know how a movie's gonna end, and then you watch it, and the ending is satisfying, and that's what this was. Yep. So, pretty deadly isolates Julius. Uh, Julius puts a valiant fight, but Julius is getting his ass kicked. And I love the fact that it's always Julius, right? Like, it make to me it makes sense that when Brutus gets in the ring, he is gonna go beefcake on everyone. You like that one? A lot of people, I do. I see what you did there. A lot of people think Brutus is like not only better, but way better. I'm still in Camp Julius. I think Brutus has a lot of potential and he might get to be better, but he's still like a bull in a china shop. He's still dropping people on their head and suplexes. And I think Julius is a better wrestler, but Brutus has a higher ceiling as a wrestler. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I agree with you 100%. I think that Brutus is going to be a star on his own level. I think he's going to be like a, honestly, a Bam Bam Bigelow-esque wrestler. Huh. He's, I can, that's like, a I, weird comparison, but I kind of... I think he can move. I kind of see it. It's kind of interesting. I like that he's moved the Brutus ball from a dive to the outside to a dive in the ring so he can just like land in the ring and not kill himself. That's <laughs> exactly. a good idea. I love the Brutus ball. Like, there's something <laughs> also scary about it. Can you imagine taking this move, seeing a Ow. almost 300-pound ball coming at you? <laughs> Literally a 300-pound ball. Like, so, there's yeah, something I, 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 about Darby I, Allen doing a coffin drop where it's like, oh, it's fucking Darby Allen, 150 exactly, pounds like- soaking wet. It, I'm sure it, it sucks when he lands on you because he's landing on you with all of his weight. But like you said, all of his weight is 165 pounds. Brutus is a good 260, 265, 270, I would say. Maybe a little lighter, but he's a big, thick lad, right? Yep. Like, 
So Brutus gets the hot tag after a very creative flip from Julius, uh, from uh, Prince. Uh, Brutus just suplexes Prince to knock Wilson off the apron. Brutus hits Prince with a gut wrench suplex. He hits Prince with a top rope cannonball drop. Uh, Wilson broke up the pin with a shining wizard. Brutus hit Kit with a Saito suplex. Uh, Prince tossed the title in. So it took me a second to realize what they were trying to do with this end. Um, And I actually ended up liking it more on the replay than live because it seemed very awkward. At first, and I, I, this is, you know, screw WWE perfor- uh, production, right? So, yeah. the camera. Uh, so, Prince tosses the title. The, uh, it goes right through everyone, ends up right underneath Julius. He retrieves and picks up the belt. He's staring at it like it's the bell that Roddy Piper is staring at WrestleMania 8. The camera then focuses on Julius's dad saying uh, no, and he's shaking his head. He's telling Julius not to take the dirty win. Julius decides to not cheat. Um, he gets Wilson, uh, Brutus body slams Wilson. Julius then climbs to the top rope. Does a shooting star press. Julius hit Wilson with his basement lariat. Creed Brothers defeat Pretty Deadly via pinfall in 15 minutes, 15 seconds to win the NXT Tag Team Championship and keep their spot in the Diamond Mine Gym. Yes, sir. For now, because that uh, whole pre-show situation kind of seemed like they were ready to leave on their own, perhaps yep. with Ivy Nile kind of baby face, perhaps the Diamond Mind Wolf Pack, if you will, Boris. Diamond but, uh, yours. <laughs> I thought this was, other than the North American title match, I thought this was pretty dang uh, great. The second best match on the show. And, uh, man, like a great moment. They, they a full-on babyface celebration with their parents, new champions, stars are born. What more do you want out of pro wrestling, right? So it was, it, they're, they're still, like I said, bulls in a china shop. They're still very much bulls in a china shop. That shooting star press, eat shit Brock Lesnar, this big human being, pulls off the shooting star press, actually does it, um... Yeah, man, uh, I really liked it. Four fixer uppers out of five, eighty percent. It is a, it's an A minus, but it's a, it's solid, solid, solid wrestling match. Great showing from these yep. four gentlemen. Agreed, hundred percent. Now, a couple things I wanted to bring up. Number one, I like Kit Wilson should have done more of a job of saying, "Oh no, the belt!" Right? Like, I think he should have overacted because he kind of oh, just man. like went for the belt, missed it, and that was that. Right? I think that he should have like had some more of a reaction to really sell the fact that they were going to cheat at this point. It's a good call. I agree Number with two, that. In a loss, Pretty Deadly looks so damn good right now. Oh, man, they're ready for the main roster. There's nothing more they can learn. There's nothing more they need to know from NXT. They've already won the tag team titles. They should be on Raw or SmackDown next week. All right, Matt, I think... You and I can both agree that this next match was the match that had the worst setup, the match that we were looking forward to the least, and unfortunately, it was your main event and your NXT championship contest. Yes, so... What ended up happening was what we predicted. By the time the match gets in the ring, they're going to give them 15 to 20 minutes. Both guys are going to work really hard, take a lot of pride, and it's going to be a very good match. And that's exactly what happened. They worked hard. They had an awesome layout to this thing. There was a crazy table bump near the end that Joe Gacy could not recover from, ultimately. And I thought this was just a a very good match, cleverly laid out with the stipulation. But the story sucked. From day one, it was terrible. It was nonsensical. Nobody cared about the if you could get disqualified, you could lose the title stipulation. Like the story they told, they backed themselves into a corner and and they painted themselves back out of it. But yeah, yeah, just not not something you need to go out of your way to see. Yeah, but, uh, you know, kudos to both guys. It's exactly like you said, exactly what we thought was going to happen, that they were going to, like, prove the naysayers 
aka WWE yep. management and writers wrong and they had a good showing <laughs> out there Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy for the NXT championship if Braun gets DQ'd he loses the title that's essentially the story that they're going with and you know Joe Gacy this guy's got something in terms of that understanding of more than just the action in the ring his mannerisms his facial expressions just everything like even the how he was like you know later in the match when he's trying to get Braun Breaker to hit him with a chair as right before he picks up the chair you know he's tapping the chair rubbing the chair like hey focus on this this is the prop that work that's gonna like you know be at play any second now yeah absolutely and you mentioned facial expressions there's a a new joe gacy move i believe he debuted for the first time on this show here where similar to the zack Ryder broski boot he runs from one corner to the other and hits a downed opponent with a strike right but his strike is a it's like a flying elbow to the seated opponent in the corner and then when he hits that elbow he does a crazy bray wyatt-esque stare into the camera and that was really that's like so wwe in a nutshell you can just hear bruce pritchard absolutely creaming his pants over that one but that is exactly what wwe wants and joe gacy's got that whole character thing down so yep joe gacy's i hate the how it just has become undertaker spooky overnight but you can't really hate on the performer. Joe Gacy's talented. Yeah, it, this is a Bray Wyatt all over again, right? It's like you love Bray Wyatt. You love, he's such a talented guy. Uh, just same with Joe Gacy. It's, it's, it sucks, man. It sucks. I hate the position that they put these guys in. All right, so Breaker hits Gacy, hits Gacy with a lariat. Breaker then hits Gacy with tackle. He tackles him from he tackles him in the ring. Gacy goes from the apron, backs right into the announce table. And I f- I'm pretty sure that Gacy got like some PTSD from CZW. <laughs> I could definitely see that. Breaker then starts punching Gacy, and then he hits Gacy with the Steiner Bulldog for a two count. Uh, Breaker then picks up the chair that Gacy was asking for him to do throughout the entire sequence. This was the sequence that I loved. Um, Breaker picks up the chair, uh, uh, but then he, he drops it. Gacy hits Breaker with a low blow for a two count. Uh, Breaker then teases hitting Gacy with said chair yet again. But instead, he hits a druid that was standing on the apron. At this point, Gacy goes for his handstand lariat. Breaker blocks it with a spear. He then hits him with the military press power slam for the victory. Dude, that last sequence was so fluid in the grand scheme of stuff. Actually, like, yeah, the finish adds, like, a half star to this match because the finish was actually beautiful. Although, uh, someone pointed out on the SNME Facebook, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who off the top of my head, but uh, the, the springboard was like, why was Joe Gacy going for the springboard then? Braun was nowhere near him, and that is no, a fair point. Why? Because, Although, he, but- because he, turned, he knew he was going to turn around, right? Yes, but but that's why Braun had enough room to go full speed and yeah. spear him because yeah. he was nowhere close. So that is an excellent point by whoever pointed that out. But the spear that Breaker hit Gacy with here was up there on the best. Like it was like a eight point five nine on the Goldberg scale. Like it was up there with Goldberg spearing Christian. Up there with Goldberg spearing the absolute pants off of Little Guido at the Royal Rumble. Yes. not quite that good, but on near that level. Like he smashed this man with this spear. But also, here's the thing, right? Like, kudos to Gacy as well, because this guy does his springboard, stops, makes it look like he's going to do the lariat, but he's actually getting himself ready to eat a spear to, that's going to break his bowels, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, a mighty, a devastating spear that absolutely fucking vaporized this man, yes. Like, if he didn't shit his pants in the ring, like, he must have... T- <laughs> like, so, like, so, yeah. I just I just thought it was, like, a really good match, man, especially with the finish, that table bump. Like, it, it, it 
they picked up a lot at the end. This was a ball that rolled downhill, and by the time the match was over, I thought it was pretty damn good and a satisfying conclusion to this show. Please, for the love of God, let this story be done forever. For the love of God, let it be done, and then we're okay. We're okay. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so Braun Breaker ends up winning. Uh, he's still your champ. All right, so that was the show in a nutshell. Dude, here's the thing. We've seen some pretty eh takeovers. We've seen some pretty eh premium live events. We've seen some pretty eh TV specials from NXT 2.0. Actually, the TV specials have been okay. But this show, I had such low expectations. A pessimist is never disappointed and this proves that yet again because like i said maybe it's because i was drinking beer maybe it's because i was watching with my brother maybe because it was a change of scenery i don't know what it was i did like i really i'm gonna say i like this show yeah man overall i would say i liked it too and we disagree on the women's title match but if you like the women's title match really there is nothing to dislike at all on this show and like i said the best part of this thing it's shorter and better than any wwe raw episode that you will watch your basic run-of-the-mill wwe raw is like four or five out of ten this was like six seven maybe more but i yep. liked it a lot exactly exactly all right matt so that's essentially the show we have a busy day the flagship show is going to come at you soon with mike mcguire dave Meltzer, and company chatting and previewing hell in a cell then later I'm on, on today one. it is hell Hell in a Cell, right after the show, it is going to be the after party. I am going to send out the Zoom links for the patrons. You can be a patron and be part of the show. Just go to patreon.com slash Radio. You'll have your say. You'll be able to participate. If you're not a patron and you're listening to this, you can still watch the after party on YouTube. There is a chat. It's a little less monitored, but we still try to add a couple comments here and there from the chat that's going on. But the best way to participate is by being a patron. Just cost five bucks a month. You get one wrestling show a day, just like this one, maybe even better sometimes. But uh, yeah, that's a pretty busy day that we have here on SNME Radio. Yes, sir. So a couple things uh, from myself as we close this out. Um, just to put a, a fine point on the podcast and give the final rating, the NXT Championship match, Breaker over Gacy, three and three-quarter fixer-uppers. It's a 75% Al Borland percentage, Boris. NXT 2.0 on Tuesday features the NXT Breakout Tournament Finals. Tiffany Stratton versus Roxanne Perez. Also, Boris, we're getting your boy, Josh Briggs, versus nobody's boy, Von Wagner. And uh, Alba Fire versus Tatum Paxley is on that show as well. So that's coming up next Tuesday. NXT UK is firing on all cylinders. Last two weeks have been incredible. Last two weeks have had match of the year contenders. So watch NXT UK if you're not. That's a good show. You don't have to watch Level Up. That is not a good show. And that's where we're at with NXT 2.0, baby. Yep, that's where we're at. Like I always say, this is NXT Talk, where we chat about NXT stateside, UK, and we even level up sometimes. I hope you like the show. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know whatever you want to let us know. And just remember, it's a busy day. We'll catch everyone a little later as we chat all things Hell in a Cell. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Everyone, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.